Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network, and as always, brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com the best and most local place for all your UNC apparel needs. This is The Scoop, and as always, I'm joined by Don Callahan. What's up, Don? Donnie Scoops. Not too much. I was, uh, I was late to the party this morning. I completely forgot about our podcast. Just got really in-depth with uh, the content I was working on and some stuff I was trying to work out. <laughs> so, yeah, so I apologize to Ross, who is wow. getting up early this morning for that. So my apology. I was, I was a complete mess. My, my, my webcam was in my car. My hair is, is still messed up. I was, I was topless at one point, but we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we're good now. Awesome. All right, guys, we have a big show for you today. Um, before we start, I want to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Give us a five-star rating, a quick review about what you like about The Scoop or any of IC's podcasts, and then hit the subscribe button. It gets all the podcasts in your feed. It helps us, and then um, it boosts our rating and, and helps with all the different analytics. So d- remember to rate, review, and subscribe. The plan for today, let's pull up the schedule here. Last week, the 2021 class was wrapped up, so we're going to start with that um, by kind of debriefing on the Dante Balfour commitment Don was down there in Florida last Wednesday um, for kind of the, the, the last piece to the 2021 class. We're then going to talk about that 2021 class, wrap it up, move on to the hiring of Larry Porter and what that means for recruiting. Look to UNC's 2022 um, recruiting class and then get into our top five. The top five we're going to go through at the end of the show today is the top five winter activities. We have a couple of submissions and Don and I are going to give ours. Don, what is the next top five for the next time we record. All right. So Ross doesn't know this because he would have poo-pooed it if I, if I would have um, told him <laughs> off the air. But as I'm, I'm assuming most know by now, especially if you are a um, video game junkie, last week it was announced that EA Sports is going to come back at some point with the NCAA football. So I would like the top five changes additions you would like to see in the new version for the game now this is going to be a a double top five because as ross has explained in prior podcast he is he has never been a video gamer and i'm assuming you you i'm assuming you've played some right very little i mean i played a little bit of uh, 007 like in high school and then a little bit of like madden and stuff like that in college but not i mean not much never had a system okay i mean so, I, I've, I've probably played five different video games in my life wow so so to not alienate people like ross who maybe didn't um play video games like ross or maybe you're a little bit on the older side and video game options weren't all that plentiful the you instead of give me your top five changes adjustments to the game give me your top five what did you do growing up if you didn't play video games all right can you could do that ross i because I, I really would like to know what ross what was so fascinating well, I did, about ross's I don't play life. video games yeah okay yeah. 
All right, good stuff. That's great. We'll get more into that at the end of the show. Oh, uh, can I um, just to submit, make sure, because we've been getting questions about this. You can, you can PM me on Inside Carolina, or you can tweet at me at Don Callahan IC, or you can email me, Don at InsideCarolina.com. Great. Let's get right into it, guys. Dante Balfour, the cornerback from Bradford High School in Stark, Florida, uh, 6'2", 170, committed to North Carolina last Wednesday on signing day. Um, leading up to Wednesday, it, it looked like the tides had shifted in favor of the Tar Heels. Uh, it was between Auburn and LSU and North Carolina. He picked the Tar Heels. He's number uh, 441 overall, so uh, kind of a, a higher three-star, I would say. Um, is that accurate, higher three-star? Yeah, so he got – uh, 24-7 sports bumped his rating up towards the end, which really pushed him. He, he's a point eighty eight in the composite. Okay. So um, he was a mid-three-star before that rankings boost. Yeah, so – and then he's number – No, 24-7, who they, they don't like UNC and all that. that <laughs> number company. 33 cornerback, number 67 player in the state of Florida. Yeah, 24-7 sports has him ranked as the 233rd player in the nation, which is extremely higher than what the composite has. All right, mm-hmm. Don, you're down there. Let's start and frame it up for you, set you up. Start at the very kind of beginning, explain how this recruitment went, and then we'll get into kind of uh, what changed to put UNC in the lead, and then your experience down um, in Florida during that. But I'll, I'll kind of set you up for each kind of answer here. So uh, right before Christmas, I had a source reach out to me and say, hey, look, um, UNC is going to be adding to this cl- or attempt to add to this class. Really like this kid, Dante Belfour. Um, so be on the lookout that then offer is going to come out shortly thereafter. He tweeted out the offer. I got, I got riveting. In touch. riveting. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I got in touch with him. He was great, which usually late in the process, kids aren't as willing to deal with media members who they have never dealt with before, but he was awesome. You know, we texted back and forth a bunch. We, we set up an interview, did an interview with him. And then really, you know, I said to him, I said, look, you're, you're the only guy I'm really focused on for this class for the next month and a half. Um, let, let's, let's, let's chat a bunch. And that's what we did. <laughs> and, and he was, he was really good about just everyone. So, I mean, he wouldn't get back to me right away, but he was really good about me. I text him, he get back to me, whatever questions I had. We did a bunch of interviews, which was great as far as content, um, for the fans, the subscribers. I mean, we had, we had um, three or four updates with him. Um, I, I think so. So the, the main thing is Dre Bly kind of sunk his teeth into him and yeah. talked to him every single day. And I, and I think that played a big role where Bly made him a priority um, and, and d- try to ve- develop that relationship really, really quickly. Also what helped was that his uh, Belfour's um, I think it's actually pronounced uh Ball four, I think. Um, he, since, since you know that, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've heard both. Okay, but anyway, so, um, his secondary coach, who he's really, really close with, who kind of handles the recruiting in his high school, idolizes Dre Bly, and I know it's kind of weird to sound to say, but high school kids don't know who Dre Bly is outside of being a UNC assistant coach, mm-hmm. which is weird for me because I can remember Dre Bly being one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. But high school kids I mean, just don't know about him. I mean, look, I'm 34, and I didn't really grow up watching Carolina football. And you know, he was he was good in the NFL. It wasn't like he was some you know the defensive defensive players. You're not they're not really like stars. Mm-hmm. And of course, I knew Dre Bly's name because I went to Carolina and stuff. But like, I didn't grow up knowing him 
as, as much as some people might have. And I'm 34, so think about people in their 20s yeah. and, and in their teens. I mean, they have no idea who he is because he's been out yeah. of the league now for probably 10 years, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly, but yeah, I, yeah, I would imagine it's I mean, at least here. He was a big deal in college if, if yeah. anybody co- followed college football in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember him at UNC. Uh, I didn't grow up following UNC, but I grew up following college football. Um, and I remember him in the NFL definitely as one of the one of the better cornerbacks, Pro Bowl cornerback. But anyway, so this coach on the staff, Coach Shanks, brought a lot of credibility to it because obviously someone that that ball for looked up to, and he's saying, "Hey, this dude's the real deal. You should see what he did, in, you know, in, in the NFL, yada yada, all that sort of stuff." Um, in addition to that, the other schools that were involved with this were because really it kind of sort of came down. What well, ultimately came down to, I'm talking about when he was he was about to to sign in December, it was supposed to come down to Missouri and Auburn. Before that, South Carolina was a big player, but they dropped out once uh, they fired, um, oh God, what is his name now? Muschamp. Muschamp. Um, and then he was set to sign with Auburn, but mm-hmm. then they fired Gus Malzahn yep. a couple of days before the early signing period. So he, he was starting complete from scratch. Ultimately, LSU, UNC, and Auburn emerged as his final three. LSU didn't offer until the week of the early signing period. So all three were starting from scratch, which really helped North Carolina's cause. And just kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together after the the decision was made and after signing day and all that sort of stuff, uh, it sounds like obviously Dre Bly laid the groundwork um, and all that. But um, what kind of, I guess, sealed the deal for him was a zoom meeting with uh, Mac Brown, which I believe happened maybe early mid January. And really, I think he has kind of known where he was going since that point, but wanted to stick to the, the signing day announcement because he, he signed with a, with a few of his teammates too. And I think that was yeah. a big part of what, what he wanted to do. Okay. Let me get a couple questions here. Quick questions here. Why did he not uh, commit to Missouri in November? Anything happened there? I, you know, I don't know. Okay. I, I think maybe it was a situation where he was set on Auburn yeah. and just okay. kind of moved past. Because sometimes what happens is there's a lot of time, you know, kids will throw in schools that they're not even considering just to keep it. You know, he probably had decided on Auburn and mm-hmm. was just like, I can't just say Auburn is my yeah. only finalist. So he threw in Missouri, you know, because South Carolina probably didn't make any sense because no one was going to buy that. So this is a product of South Carolina, Auburn uh, firing their coaches. Mm-hmm. And missing out on signing a bunch of people in November, and then not being able to get back in with him. And and um, also, what's important too is that he didn't really emerge as this legit Power Five recruit until his senior season. He had a really good senior and, and season. And they played this year in yes. 2020, which yes. helped him. Yeah, I remember reading that that he had a really good senior season, which kind of increases um, recruitment profile. What happened with LSU? I mean, I heard LSU wanted him. I reached out to a source, and then they and yeah. wanted him just like Auburn did. Um, it was the yeah, factor I, of just UNC winning out. Yeah, I just think yeah. that the Bly factor, yeah, and with Mac Brown being able to close the deal, made them made him feel comfortable about that decision. And this is a player who did not visit UNC, mm-hmm. uh, so he, when he comes to UNC, I mean, maybe he'll go in spring or maybe the first time. You but see he didn't him. visit, and he the only place he visited was LSU, and that was over a year ago, and that was like a stop by visit mm-hmm. with his seven on seven team. And at that time, LSU wasn't recruiting him, so he didn't receive any sort of red carpet treatment. They probably just gave him a quick tour around the facilities, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dante Belfour in the twenty twenty one class, 
he joins Tamir Brown as mm-hmm. a as the other corner in the class. Uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Boykins is the nickelback, right? And so mm-hmm. he joins a class with um, a cornerback room that now has Tony Grimes, um, Storm Duck, um, Kylie McMichael, Obi Igbuna, DeAndre Hollins. Pretty stacked group now if everybody stays healthy. Am I missing anybody? I'm sure I am. Anybody yeah. else in the 2020 class? Well, um, for the DBs is uh, Dontavious Nash, who's yeah, but he's just a safety, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll oh, you're talking about just corners, corners, yeah. We'll circle yeah, back to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to so you. At what point did you make the decision that you needed to go down to um, Stark, Florida? Because that's a big deal when you do your primer or your scoop, and you say that um, he would be in your mock class or that I see is covering the event, that is a strong indication that he is going to, that the player is going to commit to UNC. It's kind of a big deal on the IC message boards, right? Yeah. So, Wait, so guess, another question. Ha- has there been players that you've gone down to who have not committed? I know uh, Zamir White would be one. Mm-hmm. Is there, there any has, other ones? There has been. I made the trip. I remember this one. Arthur Brown okay. to Kansas. That's right. I, I went out to Kansas, spent like a couple of days there, you know, and actually was had it planned that if he would have picked North Carolina, I was supposed to spend the day with him and his trainer the next day. But as soon as that that uh, announcement ended or as soon as he picked Miami at the time, I don't think he ended up I'm trying to remember. I, anyway, um, I grabbed my recorder, grabbed my stuff, threw it in a bag, got on the phone with Ben and then also um, started to try to 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 move my, my plane flight up. Um, and, and that's what I ended up doing. Okay. So, all right. So go back. So at what point did you kind of realize that you needed to go down to Dante Balfour's commitment? Like when did that kind of happen that you knew? Was so inside the recruitment here. Yeah. Yes. This is a little bit inside baseball a little bit, but um, so there's not any one, there's not like one point where you're like, all right, this is what I'm doing. It's more of like a, all right, this is something that we got to start to kind of consider. And I think what made things a little bit easier was because of I've I, we, we've talked about the Corona stuff and everything like that and the precautions and, and people get all mad and everything like that. But I've been pretty cool about everything. I wear my mask. I, I have my, my hand sanitizer and all that sort of stuff. Most of my stuff's outside so I can feel comfortable. I didn't really feel all that comfortable flying. And I've talked to some people who have flown and they've said, Hey, it's, you know, most airlines, you have your space and all that sort of stuff. But I just felt like an hour or so in a, in a, flight with some random people may not be the best idea so anyway so i made the decision to drive which was which was key because that and then also the fact that i have an aunt that lives mm. in um Punta verde or is that my pronounce that correctly what's her name um, my aunt kathy i love to meet her i love to meet her all right so so anyway um so i had a so I had places to stay, and mostly I don't stay with. I have I have I have a big family, so I have family all over the place. But usually I don't stay with relatives because you know it's it's just a pain in the butt. Maybe I'll have lunch with them or whatever. But Stark is like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's 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 like right in the middle of Jacksonville and Gainesville, and so the closest legit hell was like forty five minutes away. My aunt lives an hour and fifteen minutes, so I just was like, all right. I'm just going to stay with my aunt. And, and what that allowed me to do was basically make the decision at the last moment. So there was a lot of like, okay, 
we're thinking about it. Let, you know, let, let's let's look into this. And then it came to our, all right, tentatively, this is what we're going to do. Um, and then as as we were preparing and doing research and all that, it just became more of like, okay, this is what I'm doing, sort of thing. So I. I mean, it wasn't like it really wasn't 100 percent that I was going until Sunday. And even then, I wasn't 100 percent. OK, this is what this guy is going to do sort of thing. Like yeah. we know, like we felt we felt pretty good from what we were hearing, but things were kept under wraps pretty well. OK, what was start Florida like? I mean, just a typical, you know, small town that but has enough stuff okay. there to kind of sustain itself so you don't have to go every uh, other places because there's nothing really around it either yeah but, but it is it is halfway between two really big areas so yeah 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 but once you one it's you could tell that it's a a speed trap hell <laughs> because okay. literally like, the, the main road that kind of goes into it it was like it was like 55 and 45 and 65 and 55 and it was like oh my god i mean my you know you know, you couldn't uh, use your uh, your cruise control. And then once you get into Stark, even though it was like a busy main road, it was like 30 miles per hour. And I'm like, man, I got to watch myself. I don't want to leave here with the, with a ticket. But yeah, it was a small town and it seemed it's to like have your, everything you needed sort of thing. Your normal kind of rural high school in a, in a small town. Yeah. And yeah. like the high school wasn't big at all. Okay. Um, I, I would have passed it if I didn't have the assistance of um, – of google maps okay getting a little off topic here all right <laughs> the live stream you were like talking the whole time during it what was up with yeah. that live stream was it was it was it a lot of trouble y yes because so this is why we we don't really advertise a whole live stream thing yeah. is we don't know what situation we're getting into and so we want to use the wi-fi there because that's most reliable but because it's a high school wi-fi they they have certain certain things kind of blocked such as streaming which is what we kind of dealt with yeah. but yeah i mean some of it is is like um i mean i have the camera rolling and and i forget because i mean it's rolling for like an hour and i'm just sitting there and, and kind of doing whatever and people come up to me and talk um hopefully i didn't say anything inappropriate <laughs> during those yeah I, mean, I was listening to a lot of it, it was weird yeah, i kind of like had to refresh it like restart it on youtube yeah like so with the that, embed so it was weird yeah, well, like that was the it out a couple times too. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. we, so my phone Wi-Fi worked, um, okay. but we didn't want to use that just because it it, it can be inconsistent. But yeah. so we did try the Wi-Fi a couple of different times at the school, and then ultimately we decided that the my phone Wi-Fi was going to be our best option, which okay. limited the quality and it, it wasn't a very good situation. This where they kind of put me, so I know that it was hard for people to to see stuff, but that's something that we're going to work. I mean, really, if you think about it, how many other companies do this? Exactly. I mean, yeah. It's great. People like so, complain about it too, Yeah, about the quality or about why you're doing it. And it's like, well, you don't have to watch it. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this know. is better than nothing. Right. All right. I mean, would, <laughs> do we want to go back to, to me giving updates to Ben every, however many minutes? I mean, I don't think anyone wants that. I think people would rather have the live stream, but just know that since we're one of the few people that are doing it like this, we're kind of learning as we go. And, and each time, you know, it's trying to improve because technology, it. you don't know where you're gonna be able to set up. You were kind of in the crowd. It seemed like it wasn't yeah. as close, but that's something you can, um, you, can yeah. you don't know that until you get there. All right. <laughs> Pretty deep in the weeds there on that commitment. Let's, let's touch one last thing on Dante uh, ball four, and we'll move on. 
what have you heard about him as a player from what he's told you, what his coaches have told you, what your sources have told you about what he can bring to the 2021 class. And now, I mean, Mac Brown's talked about him as well. So we're kind of familiar with, um, with him as an athlete and as a player. Flores so obviously, you know, he's six, two, so he's long, but the, but the thing that sticks out to me is that a lot of guys who are that tall and play in the secondary, they're a little awkward, mostly because, you know, they, they may have hit a growth spurt and aren't used to their length yet, but he's very, very fluid, very smooth in his motions. Um, and then the other thing that I like about him um, is that he, he seems to have a habit of making a big play. If you watch his film and, and I watched a couple of his, his games. Um, I mean, there, it's not like he's not making like 15 big plays, but he makes some big plays here and there, which, which is, which is big. And the other thing is, is that he loves to get involved in run support. So, I mean, he has a bunch of tackles. He was, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think he was either second or third on his team in, in tackles. And, but when you watch his film and, and like I said, I've watched um, his entire, um, a couple of his entire games. He, um, I, I mean, he's just, he just goes aggressively against um, um, or, or tries to make the tackle on the ball carry aggressively all the time. Yeah, great athlete, great length. He um, played basketball. Looks like he dominates the basketball uh, court, you know, 20-plus uh, points on average this mm -hmm. season, 6'2 uh, point guard. So definitely has, like, ball skills and some leadership skills there. Uh, Mac Brown and staff always love dual-sport athletes. You know, you're seeing a trend of the size of cornerback that Dre Bly likes. He's going after the taller corners. Kyle McMichael, 6'2", Tony Grimes, 6'0", Dante Balfour, 6'2". Um, you know, Tamir Brown. Isn't that, isn't that strange considering how tall Dre Bly is? Yeah. Yeah. You'd I mean, think I guess that he would favor shorter guys. I'm sure he would take a shorter guy if he thought he could play too, mm -hmm. but you know, it helps to be a little bit taller, um, have those long arms. Okay. Dante Balfour is the 19th commitment for UNC's 2021 class. This leads right into our next topic, breaking down the 2021 class, putting a bow on it. We probably won't talk about it much more um, after this podcast, only in references. Don, let me get your take on the 2021 class as, as a um, as a whole. We've talked about this all the time. Um, let me pull it up here on the old InsideCarolina.com. 19 commitments. It, the rankings didn't move much at all. I think it might have dropped, actually. It's number 14 in the nation right now, number three in the ACC, and the average rating is a .9088. Um, Don, quickly, give your kind of final summary and analysis of this class um, as a whole. I, I think it's a solid class. They hit on a lot of their first targets on, on East position. Definitely an emphasis on in-state guys for the second consecutive class. North Carolina signed 14, which is the most of the internet error that um, North Carolina signed 14 in-state guys. And then really kind of because it was a historical in-state group of prospects UNC rode that into you know top 15 ranking and I think that's that's where North Carolina is kind of the sweet spot for North Carolina to get into that top 15 kind of hope to kind of toy with the top 10 which is what they did exactly and yeah the in-state thing and really hitting on, on positions of need they got their quarterback really improved on defense I think with Silver and Ritzy which combines on what they did last year with Miles Murphy Kedrick Bingley-Jones, Clyde Pinder Jr., among others. Um, linebacker got better with Power Eccles and Rod Dilworth, who I think you will hear their name a lot in the next uh, three or four years. Um, and, and wide receiver, um, 
guy like what they did with Gavin Blackwell, JJ Jones, and Kobe Passor. And um, yeah, I mean, I think as I talked to Billy High, if you haven't got a chance, go back and read my interview with Billy High that ran. I thought it was really good. Thank you. I you gave you kudos immediately. I read it right away. You texted. What did you like most about it? Um, just uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. You you asked some some questions I wouldn't have have asked. Like what? Um, just the just the angles you went. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I read it like a week ago, but um, I thought you you asked some interesting questions because uh, you know Billy can be a little uh, evasive with answers. You know. So. Um. Yeah, definitely go check out the interview with Billy High. You can Google search for it or, or go back on the message boards and try to find that. Um, I, may, I mean, I'll try to link it in the article of this podcast too, but um, they hit on every position group they wanted to hit on and got the numbers they needed. Apparently, I don't know if you would have told me if they didn't, but um, I think they got better at every position and really got some good players on both defense and offense. I mean, Diego Pounds, they really like him. They got their long tackle and Eli Sutton. They got a kind of a really, you know, catch first, tied in athlete and Bryson Nesbitt. Um, they went out and got the corner they needed um, to kind of wrap up the class and um, some really nice pieces on defense. I think defense is where you'll see this class kind of stand out because not even the defensive linemen and linebackers, but I mean, I love Dontavious Nash. I think DeAndre Boykins are super high on a guy. We don't even talk about that much. He's a top 200 guy. So 2021 class is in the books and we're moving on to 2022. Right, Don? We are. All right. Awesome. When we get back, we are going to talk about the 2022 class briefly. Pull up the old Google Doc here. Uh, we're talk about Larry Porter, <clears throat> who was hired to replace uh, Robert Gillespie as UNC's running backs coach, how that impacts UNC's recruiting. We're going to get into a little bit of the recruiting biz with Don Callahan, and then we'll get into our top five. We'll be right back. But first, I want to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're in place for all your UNC apparel needs. Right now, the focus is on basketball. Get your basketball jerseys. UNC has won six of seven in January. They just beat Duke. Get your jerseys, a great gift. Get your apparel for the basketball team as they look to make a run in February and March. <clears throat> home gating merch, stuff you need to watch the games at home. Home gating. Home gating. This is a, uh, a, it's a thing, I guess. Thing from uh, Bennis and us. Um, <laughs> anything you need to make the game, you know, fun at home, kitchen stuff, posters. Um, different things for the, the man cave or the woman cave or um, any other type of cave that you're in. Um, and then they have stuff for all varsity sports. You know, a lot of people have kids who play uh, soccer or, or tennis or golf or um, other, other sports that they have. Get your jerseys, get your shirts, get your gear for those sports, especially baseball, which is, um, I guess, kicking off here soon. Get yourself a baseball jersey or baseball short shirt, support that team. And of course, they're alumni owned, they're family owned, and they're local to Chapel Hill. Their headquarters is in Hillsborough. They have a store right on Franklin Street, Johnny T-shirt and giantt-shirt.com. Remember, if you're an inside Carolina subscriber, you can go onto the premium message boards, Tar Pit or UNC Basketball, and get a 10% off discount code for all your Johnny T-shirt purchases. Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We'll be right back. 
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. All right, Don, we're back. Let's get right into it. First, Larry Porter, what does that hire mean for UNC on the recruiting front? Um, I mean, I think. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. Okay, question. I'm gonna start off. Okay, I listen to his press conference. All right. I What'd covered Porter. I covered Porter when he was at UNC before. He was here okay. from 2014 to 16. Okay. And um, I didn't really get to know him that well. Um, but he he landed some some commitments from guys in Florida and the Tidewater area, and he's now been recruiting Charlotte, which is a critical area for for UNC. Um, he'll probably have some other areas like Atlanta from his time at Auburn. And he came off – I thought he came off really well. I don't, I don't really know what I was expecting, but um, I don't know. Maybe I thought he was older than he is, but he's young. He's powerful. Well, young is relative, but he's not, uh, he's not super, super old. Um, he knows UNC, which I think is important. He knows the state of North Carolina, which I think is important. He's familiar with the vision of Mac Brown and what he wants to do. I think he'll be a good team player. The fact that he keeps getting hired at big schools, just like Stacey Cyril's, is a sign that his reputation as a recruiter and a coach and being able to work together uh, with the staff. I think if you keep getting hired at good jobs, um, I think that's a sign that you're doing something right. And um, I think he'll be able to focus in on certain recruits, be have a good impression with parents and family and kids and stress education. His son plays at Stanford, I think. Mm-hmm. So you, you, he knows he knows the business. He mm-hmm. knows how to recruit. He's experienced, and I think he knows the game, which I think um, is a positive. Your take? Yeah. So uh, the experience is, is big. Obviously, he has a lot of experience. He was the national recruiter of the year twice. Um, I think I feel like it was like two thousand and five, two thousand like seven and nine. I think. Yeah. Okay. I know it's uh, a year apart. Two thousand seven, two thousand nine. Um, so he, he's accomplished that he's been a head coach at Memphis. Uh, and then he also has experience recruiting to North Carolina. So I think he brings that. I think he's a, a safe hire for North yeah. Carolina. Um, I've been asked a bunch of things where, you know, I guess the difference between him and Gillespie, I don't, I don't think that this is necessarily an I'm, I'm looking at things only from a recruiting standpoint. So there's obviously a whole nother important aspect, which is the coaching side, which I don't focus on and I don't evaluate too much. Uh, but from a recruiting standpoint, I don't, I don't think it's like this huge upgrade 
Um, I, I think that, you know, both are solid recruiters or different type of recruiters. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I think that um, it, yeah, solid is the best way I can describe it. I think he, he's going to bring someone who's going to, he's going to land some recruits in each class. It's not going to be a guy who's going to land like half the class, but he'll land, you know, two or three recruits in each class. And he'll be involved with obviously the, the running backs that UNC is recruiting. And you had some stuff in your scoop. I don't know if you want to go into it too much, but he is actively and, and quickly was tried to get involved with the running back recruits for the 2022 class, correct? Yeah, so I don't, I won't get too much detail, but this was not this scoop. I think it was the scoop prior, yep, yep. where basically all of North Carolina's top running back targets heard from him that first weekend he was hired, and I think that's key um, because it shows that there's not going to be a whole lot of change, at least initially, in how North Carolina is going to approach the running back position for this class. Okay, and of course, you know, for the team perspective you know he gets Ty Chandler the transfer from Tennessee um, that's kind of interesting because Chandler even though when I talked to Chandler's mom she emphasized that hey you know he didn't make the decision because of Gillespie but it's interesting that that helped North Carolina because because Gillespie recruited him and coached him at one point and now Gillespie's gone yeah it happens all the time though I mean yeah you, you commit to a school and the coach leaves um, yes. it happens almost every cycle with every school so you commit to the school not the, the coach is the is a saying, right, Don? Yes. All right, yes. let's move on. 2022, briefly, what's going on right now? What can we expect? Uh, kind of looking forward, we're sitting here in February, early February. Um, things start popping off in spring usually with um, a lot of visits around spring, uh, spring camp, spring practice, spring game, leading into May and June when a lot of commitments kind of happen in May, June, July. Where do we stand right now, especially the fact that we're in a dead period? Yeah, so you, the, I keep on getting asked questions. People say, oh, there's, it's been, I just heard crickets around so-and-so's recruitment. We need to start to accept that that's going to be the reality for a lot of recruitments. A lot of these kids have not made any visits, and so there's just only so far that they can go, especially when they can see they, – they kind of sort of can see the finish line for this mm -hmm. dead period. And so a lot of guys are kind of just treading water until they're able to take visits. And so – um, I expect a lot more movement once we could take visits, which is tentatively scheduled for April 15th. But, you know, in the meantime, all we're having is the same stuff that's been going on for the past few months, which is virtual visits, Zoom meetings, and, and that sort of thing. And really schools, from what I'm finding out, not just North Carolina, a lot of schools, they just do one virtual uh, visit with some of these kids. It's kind of like a touring and all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And then they don't, and that's it, just because, these kids, I mean, even for visits, they don't care about the whole nitty gritty on things. Once they see it once, they're good sort of thing. They want to see it in person. So, yeah, so don't expect a whole lot of movement unless somebody who's made a bunch of visits or is just really sick of the process until after, you know, April, really. Yeah, but this is a time definitely where coaches are, are texting and calling and, and DMing consistently to maintain that relationship until it opens up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't imagine players are going to enjoy a – a 20 minute tour through a dorm and an academic center um, as much as getting on campus and hanging out with the players and, and seeing yeah. the social life. It's a weird time. So what's the, what's the deal with the dead period? April 15th is going to open up. Is it going to open up partially? So that's, that's, that's the official is that the dead period ends then, but so that, that's no, a, that's happened. That's, that's a rule. Well, well, so Whatever. there, there is no official period named after that. 
So that would suggest that they could extend it. So we don't know once the, once the 15th comes, what happens? And the NCAA will come out with that. There's been some rumors that it could be a quiet period, quiet period which would allow for um, visits, but we don't know if they're going to place restrictions on these visits. Um, I believe that that would mean no official visits, just unofficial visits. We don't know if, because okay. one of the reports came out and said the 15th to January, th- June 30th for the quiet period, which would normally be the time for summer camps. And um, are we allowed to have summer camp? We don't know. There's just so much uncertainty still, but at least we can kind of see some, you know, some optimism sort of thing. And high schools in North Carolina are practicing right now and getting ready to play, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's the other aspect of it is that in, in Virginia, too. Uh, we're going to start the season towards both seasons towards the end of this month, and they will continue all the way until May. Will you be going to practices and games and stuff? Is that something you're going to be doing? Yes. So I don't know what the situation is for actual games. I've, I've been to a couple of workouts already, and I, I plan on going to some practices. But a lot of that is it, it, it's dependent on the school, the county, mm-hmm. and all that, and what they're allowed to do. Yeah, God, a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah. Okay, 2022, uh, UNC has three commitments right now. Travion Green, no. Yes, Travion Green. Um, the <laughs> the Tayon court- Holloway. Yeah. Tayon Holloway, and the, he's a wide receiver, and the uh, the cornerback is I forget. No, he no no. Tayon Holloway is a cornerback. Okay, and what's the other guy? Is uh, Chapman. Tyshawn Chapman. Looking at it right now, Tayon Holloway, Tyshawn Chapman, and Travion Green. Bunch of T's. Got to start remembering those names. And guys, our um, off the last podcast, we did Don's uh, top ten most wanted. Uh, recruits for the 2022 class. I put that into an article form for last Wednesday, kind of ran it during uh, National Sign Day to kind of move us on from 2021 into the 22 class. Uh, article was very well received. It was all Don Callahan quotes. I transcribed everything, or at least everything. Um, and the article did really well. I think people really received that well. So we'll um, try to do similar stuff to that if we can, if we come with some, some ideas to kind of get into the 22 class all right don you ready for our next thing i am ready okay what is it oh the biz covering recruiting all right so before we got on the um line here we're gonna briefly do this before we get into our top five you mentioned like how difficult it is to get in touch with some players what are some issues that you have in recruiting that is annoying parts of your job you don't like um parts of recruiting that people may not know about that behind the scenes like you have to they really it's a challenge for you to really to, to, to do. Can you kind of get into those type of things? Yeah, the worst thing is chasing people down. And in-state guys are usually pretty good because I've known a lot of these guys for a long time. They have my number stored. We, we've talked on Twitter, all that sort of stuff. A lot, a lot of the in-state guys I've been talking to since they were freshman or sophomore. So it's usually not a problem. Although you do get a Travis Shaw who is just <laughs> – you know, overwhelmed with 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 stuff where it takes them a little bit of time. And, and you know, I, I, I typically do a lot of my interviews on um, in, in person on purpose and he's only an hour away. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, out of state guys can be a pain in the butt. And, uh, you know, I obviously don't know those particular areas who are the the um, the coaches or trainers that um, that are that will kind of help you. I mean, I know some of them, obviously. 
it's like courting a girl. Uh, I feel like it's worse sometimes because <laughs> it's you like know. you text. You t- I mean, this is not from my experience. You text <laughs> and you're like, all right, all right, waiting a little bit. Should I text again? Should I call? Well, with a girl, but I mean, if I you call Instagram, if you call computer. a girl, if you call a girl and she doesn't answer, usually you don't, especially if you're just start dating, you usually don't call her again until she calls you back, right? When did you, when was your prime dating years? Yeah, all right, we got to be very safe with all this conversation here. <laughs> in trouble again. Prime dating years. I, mean, I got like, I guess, uh, like I'm talking about year like 19 like or 20. Mid, mid 20s, I'll say. And then, but what was the years for that? I uh, think about the technology that existed then. So I had a, um, I dated a girl for five years, mostly through college, and then so after her and I broke up, that I would consider that my prime dating year. So we're talking two thousand four until okay. really when I met my wife, which was uh, twenty thirteen, I think. <laughs> okay, so two thousand four, two thousand ten. 13, yeah. that type of range. Okay, yeah. So there wasn't, there was, I guess, a little bit of Twitter and, and texting was a thing, kind of, not until 2008, yeah. nine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... yeah. Towards the, towards the, the back end of it, texting became a thing. And then also, I missed the whole mobile dating. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, you were on dating, online dating. Um, there was online dating, yes, but not yeah. like, like Tinder, none of that stuff. I think it just kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it just started. Um, but definitely not something that I part. So w- when you were courting a girl, like what was like, how would you kind of approach the texting, calling, messaging aspect of it? If you like liked a girl and wanted to be and showed interest. As I said, you know, you send out a text or a phone call. And if you don't get a response back or you don't you don't respond to you get a response back sort of thing. <laughs> you know, you don't want to you don't even if you're super interested, you don't want to to overdo it you know what i mean yeah i don't want to double text yeah 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 i mean but i mean obviously once you get to a certain point and it's like super serious then yeah i mean like i mean i I call to Uh, and she's going hey don you you froze there go back go back i said i would call my wife 10 times right now and i you know and it's you know she'll yell at me later but you know it's no big deal and honestly, like, uh, well, you're the dating of, expert, though. No, we're off topic here a little bit, but coaches always say that recruiting is like dating, like the college coaches. And yes. so this isn't really far off in terms of how coaches show interest. Um, they don't want to overwhelm, but they want to definitely show it there the, into the, the recru- into the recruit and everything. And, and it kind of how you communicate with, with recruits well, as well as kind of um, relates as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think mine is like theirs too much. Yeah, I different. obviously want to have, yeah, I want to have a rapport with the kid. I want them to trust me. Um, yeah. uh, and I want them to have a relationship with me. Um, so, you know, there is some sort of. And speak freely and be honest and have a good yeah, conversation yeah, 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 yeah. and not feel like it's uh, forced. And yeah. that, that reply that, that goes to both what Don does and what, um, college coaches do i think college coaches though they they're talking to them a lot more and and they're spending yeah and deeper and for longer periods of time and then you have to kind of get into you know their who they're dating and and where are they hanging out you know you're you're not only recruiting the the player man then you start recruiting mom and Mm -hmm. dad and and you know whoever's in their grandma and there have been situations where i know that that college coaches have recruited girlfriends, like not the, recruited the, girlfriends for them, but recruited their 
girlfriends that they had. The recruit's girlfriend. Yeah. So that yeah. Was her I mean, you do whatever it takes. Yeah. I know that's how Don approached dating. How does Ross approach dating? You're the expert. You're the one who's, who's back on the market. By the way, if anyone's interested in Ross Martin, please reach out to me. You can <laughs> catch me on uh, Twitter at Don Callahan IC. I will definitely set something up. I could be a matchmaker. I would love to know how many women listen to this podcast. <laughs> Probably count it on one hand. I, I'm sure there are some. Uh, I think there are a lot of women that are interested in Carolina football. Yeah, man. Would, I mean, would you show more chest in the video than what you're doing right now if you knew more so, women were listening? Remember when I started with Inside Carolina, Buck told me to button up my shirt when I was doing videos. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would have told you to wear longer shorts. Yeah, that's never going to change. All right. Yeah, I mean, dating, it's uh, part of life. All right. Um, let's move on. This is the coming to the close of our podcast. Top five. Don, we're about to get into the top five winter activities. What is the next top five that you previewed at the top of the show? The, it's a dual top five. So your top five changes that okay. you would like to see from the NCAA football game. Or if you didn't grow up playing video games, what were the top five things that you did growing up that was either your substitute for video games or you did because you didn't have the option of playing video games? Okay. Can you, I mean, I have no idea. Like when you mean changes to the NCAA video game, like, yeah, what do you so, kind of mean by that? Briefly, so, briefly. Okay, yeah. So, so I mean, it has like you. It has like a dynasty mode, and has a okay. online mode. And the dynasty mode, you know, you can recruit. It's not obviously a hundred percent realistic. It's as close as they can. You're working within their limits. So, what would you like to see? And, and then some of the stuff, like in the actual gameplay, like you know, there've been years where they've improved passing or special teams and that sort of stuff. Um, anything that you would like to see change and some people have actually the last version of it was in 2014 what it came out in 2013 but um the um there you know some people still playing that version to this day and the technology is is obviously better too so yeah yeah I'm sure that yeah. Would change. awesome so if you're into video games reply to, reply to that top um five you can email don hit him up on twitter or pm him on inside carolina we're not going to do our top five from the last show this is the top five winter activities. Let's go right through it. I'm going to, I'll just read all, I'll read the first two. Don, you read the um, second two. No, I, you need, you need to read the second two. Cause I think this last one might be a buddy of yours. Let me, I'll, I'll read the first two. Okay. Don't okay, look ahead. at it yet. Read, wait until, all right. Um, John from Lynchburg. Number five, making chili. Number four, playing football in the yard with my kids. Number three, following UNC football recruiting. Number two, driving in snow. And number one, planning my summer vacation. It's very wholesome. We, that was a very wholesome one. And making chili, I thought about putting some like that on mine too. So yeah, Shout yeah, out. I eat chili year round though. I really do. So, <sighs> jeez. Um, so uh, go to Noah in Korea. He confirmed that we are indeed big in Korea. We're the biggest so we, UNC podcast in Korea. Yeah, so we need more Koreans to send us their submissions. All right. Have you ever have you ever traveled abroad? I have not, mostly because I'm afraid that as soon as I get off the plane, I will be kidnapped and sold on the on the sex slave market. It's a real is a real fear of mine. Ever since I watched that movie Taken, so yeah, I'm just I don't want to. For the record, anyway. I have no comment to what Don just said. <laughs> okay. This is this is our top five. So this is if you haven't realized yet, this is the non-football portion. 
So if you are looking for the football portion, you're going to have to wait until the next episode. Okay. All right. No in Korea. Watching every possible Christmas movie I can cram into December. Love it. Uh, Christmas morning with my awesome wife and three awesome daughters. Three daughters. Wow. I can't even handle one. Um, so relatable, Don. He's just a relatable late 30s guy. Do you think that he moved to Korea to get away from his daughters? I have a feeling that they all, the whole family lives in Korea. Oh, okay. All what right. What do you think? You never know. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't um, know his deal. We don't know if he is. We is, don't. Is he military or? All right. Um, New Year's Day ball games, hiking through snowy woods, coming back from that hike to a nice whiskey in front of the fireplace. Boom. Okay. Those are great. A lot of holiday related ones. It's kind of, we, I guess we were thinking more like January, February after the holidays, but we didn't really set those parameters. All right. Dale and Waxall. Number five, being lazy. <laughs> Don can relate. Number four, hanging out with my kids. Number three, sitting by the fire pit. Number two, cooking and eating more. Number one, counting down the days until spring. A lot of the uh, answers are like waiting until it gets warmer. All right. Uh, Preston from Greensburg. Is this the one you're talking about, Don? Yeah. Do you know Preston? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a Preston in my life. <laughs> Do you uh, need one? Do you need one in your life? No. Okay. For, for, the, for your vacancy. I'm not going to read number one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Preston from Greensboro. Admiring my autographed photo of Thomas Nagono. Four, reading uniform threads. Three, reading threads while Roy Williams is a bad coach. And two, watching UNC basketball. We're not going to read number one. All right, let's, <laughs> Good idea. let's get into uh, our top five, Don, quickly. Yeah, yeah. So this is really, really difficult for me. You want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. All right. I always go first. All right. Number five, I went with March Madness. I'm not a big basketball fan it's, at all. It's not even winter. That's, that's spring. It's March. March it's is spring, man. It, all right. College basketball, even though I don't watch college basketball, I watch March Madness. Anyway, uh, number four, um, holidays. We got back-to-back holidays, obviously. Everyone knows this. And then followed by birthdays. I have my son's birthday is in January. My daughter's birthday is in February. My birthday is in March. Then we skip April. And then my wife's birthday is in May, which is not wintertime. But I'll include it. Uh, number three, hot chocolate. <laughs> like some hot chocolate. Um, and also I'll throw in there eggnog. Ooh. I like some eggnog. I like to throw some Baileys in there, mix it all up, you know, makes, makes uh, Christmas time more fun. Um, number two is the snow. And this is one of the things I kind of miss from living up north. Uh, my kids get so, super excited for barely an inch of snow that we had a couple weeks ago. And I can remember all the fun times I had with with actual blizzards. So um, and when you come in and you literally like your limbs are about to, you know, fall off because they're they're frozen to death and you have to go into the sink and kind of um, um, run cold water, not hot water, cold water to to thaw them out. And then usually you have the hot chocolate, which I talked about. And number one, Flyers hockey. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So so that's my number one. There was a joke I was going to make during that last spiel, but as a mature, responsible podcast host, I did not make it. Okay. <laughs> regard to the amount of snow you talked about. All right. 
Um, okay, my top five. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go skiing or sledding. I mean, like just like you talk about with your kids, like snow is a big deal in North Carolina. Um, and so the skiing, sledding, uh, even I'll add snow football, any snow activity. I think that's a huge part of like January and February back when I was growing up, uh, which I think because of global warming, we don't get as much snow as we used so did to. You, did you get a lot of snow growing up? I mean, you get like two. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who grew up in, uh, in North Carolina. You get maybe two solid snows a year. I mean, if you're lucky, you get one big one and then you would have, I mean, multiple, multiple inches and it would last for, you know, a week or two potentially. And you'd miss a lot of school. And every day would be a snow, you know, snow day outside with your buddies in the neighborhood. It was awesome. I mean, it's one of my my best memories growing up was was snow days. Um, even a couple of days was was awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say recently, like running in in the cold weather um, when it's not as hot. You know, I'm talking about you know 32 plus kind of 32 to 40 degree weather is great for um, running. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Don, not a big workout guy, so he can't relate. But um, doing a lot of winter running is great. Um, I'd say Valentine's Day. Ooh, so who who is the special woman that you're going to take out on this weekend? No comment. I'm just saying, I love Valentine's Day. They're big romantic. And then to add on to that, as my next answer, it's going to be just kind of hanging out on uh, hanging out on the couch, watching Netflix, being lazy underneath uh, a blanket or two, uh, with maybe a special someone. Um, those kind of those kind of afternoons and evenings. Uh, are awesome. I do love watching Carolina basketball during the winter. I think you get these dog days of winter in January and February when the Super Bowl is over. There's not much um, because not any college football. Uh, uh, NFL football is wrapped up, and so it's pretty much all college basketball. You can really get into the ACC slate, following UNC. You got the weekday game, you got a weekend game. Um, there's something about watching um, ACC basketball on a Saturday. That I really enjoy, and I'll wrap up with um, wrap up with cooking. Yeah, you get some time inside where you know it's cold outside. And you want to try some new dishes. The chili kind of sparked my memory on that one, but you have time to bake, to cook, uh, try new recipes. So I do enjoy doing that. I think in the winter and the colder months, you have kind of more of a chance to um, really be inside and, and and cook and try new recipes. So, all right, I got a question. Okay. okay. This weekend is Valentine's Day weekend. You don't have to name names. Are we talking multiple women this weekend? Are we talking just one? What's what's kind of for for Ross who's who's on the market? What what's going on this Valentine's Day weekend? I've told you I'm not going to talk about my personal life on this podcast. Oh, guys, thanks Ross. so much for listening. We will get you. Um, Ross is no fun. In two weeks from now. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.